Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri Basin Conference call. This call is provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, as well as the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be your moderator. This call is recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution Service for Media Reuse at www.divishub.net slash units slash USACE dash NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. The force mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function and do not place the call on hold. We will have a question and answer session at the end of the call. The agenda is as follows. Uh, from the NOAA National Center for Environment and Information, Doug Clark will be presenting. National Weather Service Missouri River Basin Forecast Center will provide an update of river stages, river forecast, and weather forecast from Kevin Lau. Missouri River Water Management Division will provide an update of inflows, reservoir storage, and release plans. We'll also have some information from drought coordination monitors from Omaha District. Um, one special note for uh, congressional delegation members on the line or uh, governor's office staff, uh, this is a new year. And so um, with that, you have new um, colleagues in office and we are trying to reach uh, your colleagues. And so please share this in our contact information with your colleagues. Uh, we will be hosting a call specifically for uh, CODELS next week, and we will be hosting our next call on February 9th. And we are still trying to um, add your contact, their contact information to our list, and so we ask your assistance in um, adding their contact information to our distributions for these calls. Um, with that, I will turn the call over to Doug Cluck. Doug? <coughs> Um, good afternoon, everyone, and uh, welcome back to uh, welcome to a new year, I guess. And uh, thank you to the Corps and everyone else helping to put this on. Um, yeah, my name is Doug Cluck. I, I'm a Central Region Climate Services Director for NOAA, and I'm down here in Kansas City. Let's go ahead and get uh, get started with the presentation. I uh, started with sort of a look back, a, a little bit of a look back, so that we could all appreciate the fine shape that we're in here in terms of uh, of, of the basin and uh, this is this is a little bit of a complex uh, uh, slide so I'm going to go through it a little slowly and then I'll go faster after this I promise um, so each of these shows a <laughs> a percentage of normal of precipitation um, starting on the left for the last three years altogether. So as you can see, all the colors there are, oh, in the Missouri Basin anyway, and you'll have to kind of uh, decide where that is, but these are the states basically in the Missouri Basin. Um, all the yellow, orange to red are deficits. So they're below normal in terms of um, uh, percent of precipitation. And that's when you combine all three of the last years together. Now, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody um, because it's been dry. 
for, for most of those three years for many of the areas across uh, the region. So we have this deficit three, uh, of, of three accumulated years of precipitation. Now, the middle graphic there is the last 24 months. So the first one is 36 months, three years. The second one is uh, the last two years of deficits. And that's, a per, per, uh, again, the percentage of normal uh, precipitation. You start seeing a little more green in there and actually uh, uh, blues and such where it was a little wetter uh, up in North Dakota, some spots, um, uh, certainly Wyoming and, and, and portions of Colorado. Some of that matters, some of that doesn't to us. And then finally, <clears throat> the graphic on the furthest to the right is the last 12 months, okay? 12 months of time or, or, or yeah. And so what you see there, uh, again, the yellow to red, to really dark red, uh, show you where the drought has been the worst or the least percentage of normal precipitation has occurred. Again, there are spots and areas where we see some green, which is uh, above normal precipitation and some purple actually was way above normal um, in the last 12 months. All those little, uh, when I say eighth driest, 14th driest and 18th driest, um, the eighth driest is if you, of all the, the 129 or 30 years, whatever we have now of record, um, those three years, if you look at three year periods, right? It's the eighth driest three year period for the Missouri Basin, not for those states, but for the basin itself. And uh, this, in the 14th driest for a 24 month period, um, with that second one, an 18th driest over the last year or so, really. So let's go to the next slide. That's kind of to put in perspective where we uh, are in the longer term, okay? And if you all remember, of course, 2019 was uh, maybe the, one of the wettest years of all time. Um, in 2018, 2019, for that matter, um, in, in this same basin. So <laughs> that's a flip-flop, as we all know, and happens uh, in this region quite often. Okay, so um, review of temperature and precipitation, again, pretty much last year. Last year's temperature, if you look at the whole area, um, you see a lot of yellow and light green. And those, those, is those uh, uh, colors indicate basically plus one to minus one in terms of temperature. We were pretty close to average over a lot of the area. As you sort of went to the north, and North Dakota was below normal. Kansas, uh, for the most part, was slightly above normal. Um, that's basically what that's showing. Um, the other map, of course, is more or less a reflection of what I showed you last 12 months, saying how dry it was, especially in the lower basin, Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, portions of Wyoming, and South Dakota, for that matter, um, really being hit hard um, in the last, well, 12 months ending um, um, December 31st. Next slide. Um, okay, so beginning of the water year, and this is important to people who uh, are into water supply and that kind of thing and reservoirs and all that business, is we start the water year on October 1st. And, um, you know, that's when snows arguably begin falling and, and staying in, in, in higher elevations and things like that. So it, that's considered the water year. So far in this water year since October 1st, um, temperatures on the left, we've been cooler than normal over most of the basin. 
although not that much cooler when it when you get kind of this, to the lower basin, but much cooler than normal. Uh, um, again, North Dakota, Montana, and, and, and other er, other areas of that direction. Um, in terms of precipitation, kind of the same thing. Um, pretty good moisture, especially in the Montana, North Dakota region, some of the higher elevations in the west. Um, a bit of a deficit here uh, as you go south and east. Um, there are there are some there are some spotty places where where good good precipitation has fallen, especially some heavier snows and such. Excuse me. Um, next slide, please. And then I think yeah, the last thirty days have been helpful, right? So now we're looking at uh, uh, very cold temperatures, although uh, across most of the region, especially north, and much below normal, and then very heavy uh, precipitation. The thing I have to say about not only the water year graphics that I showed, as well as these graphics, is it doesn't take that much water to be above normal this time of year, okay? So I think if you look closely there, there's an 800% of normal um, over in, I think it's Cherry County, Nebraska. Um, if you're from Nebraska, which I am, you know where Cherry County is. Anyway, um, Cherry County, Nebraska, Valentine, Nebraska, that area, 800% of normal, um, and they're normal, and I, don't, I didn't look it up, but they're normal for that time period, probably is a half an inch or something like that. So, you know, uh, a four inch rain, or four, inch, uh, four inches of precipitation during that period, which I think came mostly as snow, um, is a lot, but it's not, when, when you look at the grand scheme of things in terms of runoff and everything else, it's not as much as it looks like on there. Nonetheless, those that is a good indication of, of, of if you will, some uh, wetting, if you will, of, of the of the region of the basin. And so that's good news. OK, let's go to the next slide. Um, oh, I guess we took out like click one more click. Does something happen? Or not, if you click one more, there we go. OK, so what we have here on the left is the, is the percentiles of the snow water equivalent in the mountains. These are the high elevation monitoring uh, devices that kind of give us an indication of how much water is in the snowpack, again, at higher elevations. Um, you see numbers there from, well, you see a few lower ones, but most of them are above 100%, um, especially as you go a little bit further south. The storm track has been sort of right through California, um, Nevada, Utah, and then into Wyoming or northern uh, Colorado for the most part. So. So those areas are doing pretty well. Now, um, Kevin and I, I, I think the core will probably tell you a little bit more about what that means for the Missouri Basin in just a minute. I'm gonna, the, the map on the right, just to give you a general indication, uh, is last year at the same time or more or less the same time. Um, it was lower than it is today. So we're doing a little bit better than last year. Next slide. Um, there's the snowpack across, snow water equivalent snowpack across the uh, the plains. The darker the blue colors or purple colors, for that matter, the uh, the the greater the uh, uh, water equivalent available. So not a bad snowpack. Again, go to the next slide. Um, and pretty extensive, really. Um, this is percent of normal. So wherever you see the blues. Uh, you're above normal, grays are near normal, and yellows are below normal. So, yeah, so below normal in Montana, sort of above normal in the Dakotas. That's that's kind of the, the crux of the information here. Next slide. 
Um, soil moisture, you know, um, it's hard to do this time of year because we have snow and we have frozen ground and we don't know how much is getting down into it and uh, the monitoring isn't the best. But I'll just say, not surprisingly, Kansas, Nebraska, sort of lower, sort of southwestern basin, if you will, are, are hurting and have been hurting for quite some time. There are other places that indicate some dryness too. Um, that's these are two different depictions. Each one's a, one is the root zone, so it's a bit deeper. In, in other words, about a meter deep or a, a, a yard deep into the soil. That's its best uh, the best indicator uh, uh, from that that perspective. And the other is a more of a calculated model uh, on soil moisture. So we we in many areas we have a deficit to make up. Okay, next slide. Um, there's the outlook for the next uh, seven days. If you add up all the precipitation that could fall, uh, the Ohio Basin is going to get nailed and the West Coast is going to get nailed. And in between, um, not much, some higher ele elevation stuff, which is great, um, but uh, really not that wet over the next seven days. Next slide. Uh, temperature on the left, probabilities here. Uh, really uh, near normal across most of the basin in terms of temperature for week two. That's that's pretty much sort of ending middle to end of, of January. And then the good thing that we see on this is a, a pretty big swath of above normal probabilities of precipitation almost over the entire basin, um, which I guess we'd like to see at this time. Near normal temperatures, by the way, this time of year are pretty much going to be freezing near normal, right? Um, and so so a lot of this may fall to snow. Uh, we'll see. Um, looks like they're, they're expecting some kind of major snowfall across the central and northern northern plains at this point and back into the Colorado and Wyoming. Um, let's go to the next slide. I think this is the monthly outlook. Yeah, for January, and this is this was done, you know, a, if, uh, a week and a half, yeah, about a week and a half ago shows that uh, the lower part of the basin show, uh, and kind of a sliver to the north shows um, the pro enhanced probability of above normal temperatures for that area. Uh, those are not strong probabilities. And so I'm not, I, I, I think near normal is probably going to be the best bet. But anyway, the, pro the precipitation outlook also was looking at a particular storm early in the month that uh, I, I think did happen. Uh, where, where you see that big bullseye over western Nebraska and southern South Dakota and such. I, I think they did get some uh, a good snow between now and uh, January 1st. So that probably accounts for a lot of that, but there's more to come hopefully in the next week or two. Next slide. Okay, so this is a La Nina pattern, by the way. Um, when we talk about La Nina and what it means for the nation, this is the pattern that we see. Temperature on the left, again, um, below normal temperatures favored to the north and west, uh, above kind of compressed to the south, uh, southern, southern tier states really, for us, uh, that cooler than normal, more likely to the north and west. Same with precipitation, by the way, uh, in terms of above normal to the north and west. Um, there is a, a little bit of a, Drought signature sneaking into um, uh, up into Nebraska, where we don't need it, Kansas and Nebraska. And this, by the way, is January through March. So if you add up all those months and uh, sort of uh, average it all out, this is this is the pattern 
um, that is predicted at this time. Next slide. Um, yeah, so here's the drought view as it stands this week. And you still see those, any place that's red or darker red, um, that, that's, that's very bad uh, in terms of drought. Um, not to say that uh, the D2 level, that kind of brownish stuff isn't bad, but um, these people have really been hit hard this year. Uh, and so it's gonna continue. Well, well you'll see in, in, in a little bit where it will and where it won't. The maps on the right, uh, on the top is the 13 week change uh, to the drought mon drought monitoring maps. So you see sort of some green and some yellow, some places improving over the last 13 weeks, that'd be the green areas. Some places not being, or actually getting worse uh, over the last 13 weeks. And then if you move down to the last 24 weeks, which would be since Jan uh, the end of July, you see a whole lot of area uh, that got a lot worse over, over that 24 week period. Um, um, so those are the, we call those drought change maps. And that's how drought has changed from whatever it was 24 weeks ago or 13 weeks ago till today. So we see in the last 13 weeks, improvements in Missouri, um, the most improvements in Missouri and such. Um, but overall, uh, last 24 weeks, we see a, a degradation across the basin as a whole. All right, next slide. I think this is the outlook. Yeah, drought outlook that goes through the end of March showing wherever it's brown, uh, the prediction is that things aren't gonna change much in terms of dryness, overall dryness over that period. Um, where you see green, uh, they do expect some, cat, uh, they do expect uh, the drought to be removed. And where you see the kind of grayish green, whatever color that is, um, those are areas that are likely to improve in terms of drought. Yellow is places where, not in our basin, but uh, yellow are places where they think drought will get worse. Next slide. Okay, and I, I guess a couple key points I haven't really mentioned too much. La Nina will be transitioning to neutral this spring. At least that's the prediction at this point. Um, by April, I think is the outlook there. Um, the Plains snowpack, that lower elevation stuff, is relatively decent so far. Again, I would listen to Kevin and whoever's speaking from the core on that a little more than me. Mountain snowpack, again, mainly near average, better than last year. Short-term temperatures near normal. Uh, Short-term being week two, by the way, I'm not saying next week. Uh, precipitation uh, favors above normal uh, during this time period, which is good. Um, longer term, like I said, cooler, cooler than normal, likely north equal chances elsewhere, precipitation uh, mainly enhanced to the north and west, some dryness sneaking into the uh, central and southern plains. Um, and of course, the advertisement for our <clears throat> webinar on January 19th that we do every single month at 1 p.m. on the third Thursday. Thank you, and over to Kevin, I think. Thanks, Doug. Sure. Thank you for joining us, Kevin, and we'll hand it to you. All righty. Uh, thank you, Eileen. Happy New Year to everyone. As Doug said, I too wish to thank the Corps of Engineers for inviting NOAA to take part in these series of calls again this year. Um, so, as Douglas mentioned, snow, snowpack conditions in the mountains uh, can generally be categorized as near normal. Uh, the exception to that, I would say, would be the North Platte system, uh, which has 
and above average snowpack. By this point in the winter, we have normally accumulated about 50% of the seasonal peak snow water equivalent in the mountains. And so we're off to a, to a good start. Uh, but as I say, uh, almost every time, uh, things could still change. The uh, January water supply forecast issued by our office, the National Weather Service, were issued uh, last week. Our January numbers would suggest that the April through September runoff volumes from the mountains will be below normal. Again, with the exception of the North Platte system, which has uh, a slightly above normal April through September uh, volumetric prediction at this time anyway. Uh, for the first time in a couple of years, we have a healthy plains snowpack, as Douglas mentioned, with widespread two-inch snow water equivalent reports. Uh, that's the water in the snowpack uh, across the Dakotas and not a few four-inch or four-plus-inch reports in the Dakotas. So, um, so we've got uh, uh, some snow to deal with in the plains, which is good. Uh, the big story, as again, Douglas already mentioned, within the basin remains the ongoing drought. Um, conditions have improved in some areas. However, the soils across the majority of the basin remain dry. And as Douglas showed, the latest drought monitor released today showed that about 63% of the basin is still classified as being in drought. Uh, Douglas uh, also showed some look backs as far as dryness or uh, as far as precipitation goes. And I looked at the water year uh, to just fling another statistic at you, but water year 2022, which extended from October of 21 through September of 22, that water year was the 21st driest on record for the 127 years of record keeping. So. We didn't make up a lot in moisture last year, as we all uh, are painfully aware. And so as a result of the dry conditions, there's been limited flooding within the Missouri Basin uh, this fall and early winter. Uh, so far this water year, we have experienced minor flooding within the Osage Basin in Missouri uh, due to rainfall. And so there again, I, I tried to, tried to um, make the point that flooding can and does occur within the Missouri Basin any time of the year. With the colder temperatures, we've also seen um, some elevated river stages farther west and north due to ice action. The lower reach of the North Platte has experienced a couple of episodes of uh, ice action that uh, uh, produced some minor flooding. The Gallatin River in Montana also has um, went over uh, flood stage at least once. Um, but the impacts due to uh, the freeze-up jams that we know about have been localized and minor. Uh, however, the risk for ice jam-related flooding will continue the remainder of this winter and early spring. Uh, the bitter cold snap that affected the basin in mid to late December also resulted in ice jams along the lower Missouri River, one in the Nebraska-Iowa reach and the other in the reach below Kansas City. Neither of those resulted in flooding, but both of those resulted in record low stages in the uh, stretches of the Missouri below the, those two respective dams. Looking ahead, our office issues 90-day river outlooks toward the end of each month, and the most recent 90-day outlook covers the 
three-month period ending in late March. And the map that I'm showing on this slide depicts uh, the result of this uh, latest river flood outlook at the 400 plus locations that we monitor across the basin. And, and this uh, most recent outlook would indicate that uh, we've got a better than 50-50 chance of seeing uh, flooding between now and the end of March. And I would say it's gonna be toward the end of March um, along the James River in South Dakota. That's that, those red spots you see there in South Dakota and also along some of the smaller tributaries within the state of Missouri. Uh, so right now, that's, those are the only two areas that we expect uh, that would have a good chance of seeing flooding between now and late March. Uh, the risk for flooding uh, this time of year, of course, is dependent upon the timing and locations of any uh, plains snowmelt, any rain on snow events, and of course, rain events. Uh, as we near the end of this three-month period, again, that would be in March, we have to start thinking about thunderstorm activity, and that does drive the springtime flooding in the lower basin. The National Weather Service will be issuing its first official spring flood outlook on Thursday, the 9th of February, and that will provide the first official Weather Service quantification of flood potential uh, for the basin for this spring. Uh, thank you, Eileen, and this concludes the National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief. Thank you, Kevin, and I will now hand the call over to John Raymond. Thank you, Eileen, and thank you to Doug uh, Cluck and Kevin Lau for their insights. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstem Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. I want to again assure everyone in the basin that the Corps of Engineers remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting people and businesses when we can from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions. This includes ice-induced flooding during the winter freeze-in and in the spring breakup periods. Also, widespread thunderstorms in the lower Missouri River Basin can and do occur. Runoff from large storms in the lower basin cannot always be mitigated by the operation of the main stem reservoirs. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of releases from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. The 2023 upper basin runoff is forecasted to be below average. Ryan Larson and Mike Swenson will provide more details as to how this will likely impact operations of the system. But basically, we are anticipating continuing our water conservation measures into 2023 and possibly longer. Conservation measures are reduced flow support to navigation and minimum winter releases. <clears throat> the Corps of Engineers remains, excuse me, the Corps of Engineers understands the importance of the Missouri River in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We try to operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is, there is presently and will be 
adequate water in the reservoirs and the river reaches between the reservoirs and below the system to serve all water, all water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Engineers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner operator's responsibility. In mid-December, releases from Gavin's Point Dam were increased from the minimum release of 12,000 cubic feet per second in an attempt to mitigate the effects of the relatively sudden and severe cold temperatures across the lower basin. We just this week began to reduce releases as the ice cover and the associated impacts have stabilized. We will continue to monitor the river conditions and weather forecast and make operational adjustments to the extent possible. We will also continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System for its authorized purposes as described in the Master Water Control Manual. We will also comply with all federal laws and the provisions of the 2018 Biological Opinion. Lastly, the runoff forecast and projected pool levels and releases that Brian Larson and Mike Swinson will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. This concludes my remarks. Thank you very much. I will now turn the discussion over to Ryan Larson. Thanks, John. Next slide, Eileen. The 2022 calendar year runoff summation above Missouri River or the Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa was 19.3 million acre feet or 75% of average, which is the 30th lowest annual runoff for the upper Missouri River Basin in 125 years of record keeping. The 2023 calendar year runoff forecast, which is highlighted in red for the upper Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa, is 20.8 million acre feet, or 81% of average. Now on slide 22. The below average runoff forecast for 2023 reflects the current drier than normal soil moisture in much of the basin, near average mountain snowpack, and slightly above average plain snowpack. As seen on this slide, we are expecting below average runoff during the high runoff periods of March through April, typically when the plain snowpack melts, and May through July, typically when the mountain snowpack melts. Moving to slide 23. Drought conditions are still present over much of the basin with areas of improvement and deterioration occurring in portions of the basin. Comparing the drought monitor from January 4th of 2022 on the left to the drought monitor from January 3rd of 2023 on the right, drought conditions have improved in Montana and Wyoming, but drought conditions have worsened in southern South Dakota, Nebraska, and Kansas. Overall, the basin has seen small reductions in percentage of the basin experiencing D2, or severe drought, through D4, exceptional drought conditions. Approximately 13% of the basin is not experiencing some sort of abnormally dry or drought condition, only a 2 to 3% improvement from last year. Moving to slide 24. This is a similar plain snowpack graphic that Doug showed earlier, but with a high contrast setting and smaller scale to highlight that the snow is currently widespread in the Dakotas. Most of the Dakotas is covered with one to three inches of snow water equivalent, or SWE, which is the amount of water contained in the snow that could potentially run off when the snowpack melts. The heaviest plain snow is concentrated in central South Dakota and central and eastern North Dakota. There are pockets of four to five inches of SWE in central South Dakota and areas of five to six inches of SWE in central and eastern North Dakota. The plain snowpack typically melts from March through April. Next slide. 
Mountain Snow Pack is accumulating at a near average rate in both reaches above Fort Peck and Fort Peck to Garrison. The Mountain Snow Pack in the above Fort Peck reach is 106% of average. The left graphic compares the current year's snowpack for this reach to the highest and lowest peak snowpack over the last 30 years, occurring in 2011 and 2015 respectively, as well as the average snowpack for that reach. The mountain snowpack in the Fort Peck to Garrison reach is 100% of average. The right graphic compares the current year's snowpack for this reach to the highest and lowest peak snowpack over the last 30 years, occurring in 1997 and 2001 respectively, as well as the average snowpack for the reach. It is important to note that only 44% of the typical accumulation period has elapsed. The majority of the mountain snowpack typically falls from January 1st to mid-April. In summary, the 2023 calendar year runoff forecast is 20.8 million acre feet for 81% of average. I would now turn it over to Mike. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, Gavin's Point releases reached the winter release rate of 12,000 CFS in early December. As John mentioned, releases were increased up to 14,000 EFS later in December due to cold weather, which caused extensive ice formation. Releases were reduced to 13,000 CFS earlier this week, and the plan is to reduce the 12,000 CFS tomorrow. Gavin's Point releases are expected to remain near 12,000 CFS through February, but will be adjusted as needed due to cold weather. Garrison releases were set at 16,000 CFS in December prior to the river freeze-in. After the ice stabilized, releases were gradually increased, reaching 23,500 CFS this week. Releases are expected to remain at that level through January. Now moving on to the monthly simulations or monthly studies. The basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Ryan just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus mainly on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other uh, simulations is posted on our webpage. And now uh, looking at slide 27 here, system storage is currently at 45.7 million acre feet, 10.4 million acre feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. Moving on to slide 28 and looking at the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Owyhee are currently 15.0, 7.9, and 17.3 feet below the base of their respective flood control pools. The reservoirs will start this year's runoff season approximately 12 to 15 feet below the base of their flood pool. Uh, moving on to the next slide, navigation service level and season length. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide the downstream navigation channel. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is typically based on the March 15th system storage. Under all three of the simulations, we would be providing minimum service flow support for the first part of the navigation season. For the minimum service level on the basic simulation, Gavin's Point monthly average releases range from approximately 24,000 CFS 
229,000 CFS. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage under the basic forecast flow support for navigation would continue at minimum service levels after the storage check and there would be a shortening of the normal eight-month eight navigation flow support season of about 16 days. Uh, energy generation at the main stem dams in 2022 was 7.5 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. The forecast for 2023, again with the basic simulation, is 7.7 .7 billion kilowatt hours. And the last slide here that I have is the slide 30, which is the Missouri River Basin Weekly Update which is found on our website at the address shown at the top of the slide. The website gives a general, excuse me, the web page gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. That concludes my comments and I will turn it back to Eileen. Thanks, Mike. And I want to turn it to Chuck uh, McWilliams from the Omaha District to provide an update on drought coordination response Okay, thanks, Eileen. And on slide 32, uh, we'll kick things off. And again, I'm Chuck McWilliams. I serve in the Operations Division of the Omaha District of the Corps of Engineers as the Drought Response Coordinator. And here's a quick update of the work that the team completed in 2022 as we initiate our planning efforts for 2023. Now, about a year ago, our teams up at Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe, they pulled together an initial list of anticipated drought impacts and developed a plan to mitigate them. The bulk of the work executed in 2022, though, was focused on several boat ramps along Fort Peck Lake and Lake Oahe to ensure that low water access remained at those locations. Uh, we were fortunate up uh, across North Dakota because the runoff in June from the heavy rains in the Yellowstone River Basin fell into Lake Takakawea. So that uh, that did help the lake elevations, at least in that area. But as far as the work that was completed, the bulk of it was silt removal, restoration or enhancement of temporary roads, such as gravel placement. Those were the key elements of the actions. And the picture in the top right was taken from Walker Bottoms Recreational Area to give an idea of the work that was involved. At Fort Yates Recreational Area, pictured in the bottom right of the slide, our team also installed a temporary boat ramp extension due to the low water conditions. Of course, greater shoreline exposure has also increased the threat of several invasive plant species or noxious weeds, and the team executed a work plan to mitigate their impacts, and that was built upon plans and lessons learned during the extended drought in the early 2000s. Now, going forward, we'll continue to monitor for additional drought impacts through our enhanced coordination with interagency federal, state, and tribal partners. And while the Corps is not authorized by Congress to perform operation and maintenance activities on water intakes, we may provide technical assistance to a local community facing an emergency as a supplement to state and local efforts. Now, on slide 33, I've included the uh, second slide that summarizes the work completed thus far to better visualize the extensive geographic scope of the Corps' efforts within the Omaha district boundaries. Now, you may recall, again, the heavy rains within the Yellowstone River watershed late last spring, and that's that did help maintain the water elevations along Lake Sakakawea for much of the summer and accounts for most of the work, again, in 2022 that was concentrated along Fort Peck Lake and Lake Oahe. However, with the potential for ongoing or worsening drought conditions to persist into 2023, the Omaha district remains vigilant and is prepared to execute drought mitigation efforts throughout the region in support of our stakeholders. 
thanks again for your time, and I'll turn it back over to Eileen. Thank you, Chuck. And uh, just checking to see if we did have somebody from Kansas City uh, join us to provide any updates. None heard. Um, next slide is that our next update will occur on February 9th at 1 p.m. And uh, this provides the contacts, the speakers who are on today's call uh, with their contact information, name, spelling, job titles. I'll leave that up as we move into the question and answer session. As a reminder, the call is recorded. I will ask that you state your name and the organization you represent so that we have an appropriate record of our uh, sources of questions. I'll go in alphabetical order by state. You'll need to press star six to unmute your phone. And if you did use the uh, WebEx invite to join the call, you may need to also unmute using your computer. So make sure that you have uh, double unmuted, I guess, to um, ask your question. Um, so as I go alphabetical order by state, and I'll just I'll just go through it once. Um, whether you're representing um, the organization you're with, so again, stating your organization is important so that I know if you're a congressional representative, a tribal representative, or a member of the media. Okay, so we'll start with um, state of Iowa. Kansas, again, star six to unmute, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, any national press, anyone who struggled to unmute to ask a question, John, I'll turn it to you for any uh, final remarks. Thank you, Arlene. Uh, just, uh... And a reminder that our next call, stakeholder call, will be uh, February 9th. It's kind of a save the date. Uh, we will be uh, having our spring public meetings the week of April 3rd. We're going to be changing up the itinerary a little bit, but we will be posting more details as we get those flushed out in the next uh, week or two. Um, I want to thank uh, Doug Cluck and uh, Kevin Lau for their assistance with this meeting, as well as Chuck uh, McWilliams from the Omaha District. And uh, if you have any questions that you 
think of later on, just send them to an email address that we have uh, here on the, uh, the last slide. And with that, we'll close the meeting. Thank you, Eileen, and thank everybody else for being on. Thank you, John. This concludes today's call.